Welcome Builders from Lakeland, Florida. This is the Build Your Success Leadership Podcast with your host, Brian Brogen. We're going to empower and equip you to build yourself and then build others. Now, let's build up with your host, Brian Brogen. Hello, Builders. It is great to have you listening to the Build Your Success Podcast today. I hope through this podcast that you're working on either building yourself, building your company, or building others. And we want to help you do that through some training and through some of our special guests. Today, we have a special guest. It's Peter Cosadoy. Peter is an Inc. 5000 serial entrepreneur. He's a TEDx speaker and a business coach who works with organizations and their leaders to help them overcome self-limiting beliefs and use honesty to achieve greatness. His articles on leadership and entrepreneurship have appeared in Forbes, Inc., HuffPost, PR Daily, and many more. He holds a BA in economics from Brandeis University and an MBA from Columbia Business School. He lives outside New York City with his wife. Welcome to the podcast, Peter. Great to be here, Brian. Thanks for having me. It's uh, so good to have you today. As I told you earlier well, before the podcast, we, we got your book, uh, the, the draft of it, and we were able to read some of that and, and excited about it. The, the book is Honest to Greatness. You know, I wish I would have came up with that book title. It's a wonderful <laughs> title. Yeah, you like that? A little bit about this book, why you wrote it, and uh, what, what your goals were for the book. Sure. Well, uh, you know, the thing about writing a book about honesty, Brian, is I get to be honest. And uh, I actually never set out to write about, speak about, or frankly, even care about honesty. Uh, The truth is I set out to write a marketing book because uh, I had grown uh, a marketing agency over many years, started in 2008 as a video production company. And over uh, the you know decade and a half now, we've worked with startups to the Fortune 500 and even threw a party for Warren Buffett once. And I was always fascinated by the fact that with some clients, and you know, we'd give them our growth strategies and care and attention, and they would take off. I mean, they would just get five, six times return on their investment. They'd love us. They'd stay with us for years. Everything was great. And then other clients that we had, we gave the same love and care and attention, awesome growth strategies. They would just blow up on the launch pad. I mean, they could not get out of their own way. They would descend into infighting and politics. And I just remember, you know, 20-something-year-old me was like, what a bunch of morons. I mean, how, how do they get to run these companies? I mean, I'm talking like, you know, $100 million organizations. Now, you know, that was me being a moron. You know, no one who rises to be an executive is a stupid person. You know, what I actually ended up deciding, you know, over, over a long time and research and, and writing this book is that executives actually become dishonest. Uh, and I don't mean in the way that they, you know, are out there to, uh, you know, abuse people and, and li- outright lie for their own benefit. What I mean is they get dishonest in the three ways I talk about in my book. You know, either they, they get dishonest about what's going on in the world, you know, and what's changing in society, how consumer habits are shifting. Uh, they get dishonest with and about the others around them, you know, what their customers are really saying, what their fellow executives are really feeling and thinking, uh, and they just sort of shut off to those. And, and finally, they get dishonest with and about themselves, with their own biases and self-limiting beliefs as leaders. And that is what makes the difference in all of the 
organizations I talk about in my book, you know, who are filled with, with very honest leaders who, who are open-minded and willing to admit fault and, and ready to change and everything that, that I define as, you know, what it takes to be honest in business and, and to use honesty, not as a touchy-feely core value, but as a business strategy to dominate your competitors and create ever more profitability. Wow. So there's actually a trap for success. And I want to get to that. But before we do that, you just dropped a name. You dropped Warren Buffett. And I, and I see here where you uh, accidentally became his bodyguard. I want to hear that story <laughs> while our listeners are interested in that part of it. I did. I did. Well, this is, you know, made more entertaining by the fact that, you know, I'm a former competitive figure skater. Like I'm like five foot, seven inches tall on a good day. I shouldn't be a bodyguard to anyone. Uh, but we were opening one of Warren's uh, furniture stores here in the Northeast. And, uh, you know, he was going to come in. It was a big party, you know, like a thousand people there. And he kept his people, he and his people kept swearing up and down, like, no, I don't, I don't need a bodyguard or any sort of protection. And we're like, okay, I mean, we don't think that's a good idea, but fine. Sure enough, you would have thought the guy was Elvis. I mean, people just swarmed him. And they're, they're, like I said, like hundreds and hundreds of people there swarmed him and he, he couldn't get through the crowd. So I, you know, because my company was producing the event, I literally ended up like being his bodyguard, taking him like across uh, and up to the stage and all that. And that it was just like wild. What's fun about that, Brian, is, you know, not only did I get to meet him, which is awesome, but I later ended up deciding that I was a stupid person and needed to get smarter. So I went back to uh, Columbia Business School to get an MBA. Turns out I was right. I was stupid and I needed to get a lot smarter. It's amazing what I did not know and what I was able to learn there. But, you know, that's also where uh, Warren Buffett, you know, came out of Columbia Business School and, and studied value investing. So it was incredible to be able to study him and his work and value investing, you know, from the, the house of value investing there in Manhattan. Uh, so, you know, that was, it was great to kind of come full circle and, and you know, I felt even closer to him after that. That is an interesting story, probably a very unique story that only you can tell. So that that's great. One of the things and you talk about being a figure skater, uh, tell us how, you know, you said here that uh, failing to make the Olympics and failing to get into Harvard in the same year helped you to build a multi-million dollar marketing agency. So this failure leads to success. It seems to be a common theme with a lot of successful people, but let's hear your story. Yeah, it is. And it's one of those things that, um, you know, teenage Peter who lacked humility would never have believed, you know, it's like, what do you mean I have to fail to be successful? It doesn't make any sense. You know, doesn't that just make you a failure? And in fact, it's sort of the attitude I came up out with Brian from, you know, when I was 17, I, I was convinced I was uh, going to the Olympics, right? As a figure skater, as a very serious competitive figure skater. And uh, I, you know, I was convinced I was going to Harvard as an undergrad. Uh, I grew up outside of Boston. Plenty of my family members had gone and it sort of was just like, isn't that the way my life's going to go? Um, by 18, it was clear that that was not the way my life was going to go. Uh, I wasn't good enough uh, to make the Olympics or, or get close. You know, I couldn't hold my nerves together when it counted. I applied to Harvard. They sent me back a very nice letter saying, thank you, but no thank you. And uh, it was it was devastating. It was really a devastating time because I, for the first time, I had to grapple with this idea that like, here my life was going in one direction. And now all of a sudden, it's not over there. It's, it's, it's in this direction over here. And I couldn't rectify it in my mind. You know, I had to get brutally honest with, you know, where I was at and, and what my life was going to then look like. Now, the silver lining in that is that it put two giant chips on my shoulder that I used in my 20s to grow what eventually became a multi-million dollar company, you know, because I had sort of been through this period of, well, now I have to do something with my life. Now, ironically, uh, 
what ended up happening was uh, something terrible happened to me, which is that I turned 30. I don't know if this has happened to you. It's, oh, I barely, listen, I don't know how anybody survives this whole turning 30 thing. And the like, I had a full on quarter life crisis, Brian. And um, what I actually realized was, although those chips in my shoulder had fueled building my company in my 20s, I had actually begun to accept a second best scenario in my life. You know, like, well, I wasn't going to be an Olympic level figure skater who went to Harvard. So now I'm just going to be like second or third best Peter, right? And even though you know, we were able to build you know, a million dollar company by the time I was 30, when I looked around, I realized that I was nowhere near where my potential still was. And that's really on a personal level when honesty crystallized for me. You know, I finally realized that like, hey, I had been someone who got really good at going into companies and helping them see uh, where they were being dishonest with themselves. By the way, here I was, hypocrite number one, not being honest with himself about who he really was and what he really wanted out of life. And in the two years after I turned 30, Brian, I achieved more than I had in the 10 years prior. One of those things being, you know, getting a TEDx talk, going back to school, getting an MBA, writing this book. That all came out of the, the giant rocket that I shoved up my butt to get myself moving, you know, after I turned 30 and, and realized that there's a lot, lot more left to do. So I can tell you firsthand that honesty works. Getting brutally honest with yourself is the thing that makes us successful because otherwise we don't even know how we're defining success honestly in the first place. Awesome. So the next hurdle for you to climb is 40. And I did that. I'm not going to survive that one. I did that a few years ago. And, and one of the goals I've always had is this lifelong dream, becoming a, a pilot, a, a general you. aviation pilot. So I, I fulfilled that goal and, uh, and did that. So my boys told me that was a midlife crisis. And I tell them, Hey, that is a pretty cool midlife crisis yeah. uh, to, to achieve your lifelong dream. And, and how did it feel? Oh man, it was exciting and uh, rewarding. Still, still love to get up in the air today. I love that. Back up a little bit. Uh, we I don't want to skim over this this ice uh, skating, Olympic skating thing. I happen to have a friend I worked for for years who his daughter was on the same path towards this Olympic ice skating goal. Oh yeah. And for him, he had invested so much time and money and, and recorded over a million dollars. And the training and the light, you know, just, and he was so disappointed that his daughter decided to hang up her ice skates uh, that, that you, I can, it just, I want the listeners to understand this isn't just some small thing you, you tried to accomplish. You spent years of your life preparing for this goal yeah. and had to, had to set it aside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, a lot of broken bones and a lot of, pulled ligaments and fractures and early mornings and late nights. And, but you know, that's life, right? You know, I talk a lot about uh, luck, Brian, um, because I talk to entrepreneur groups and I want people to understand that a lot of times success and whatever we, we think we're trying to do comes down to luck. And the reason I say that is because uh, you look back like, you know, uh, on my figure skating career, right? Maybe that season I don't get injured. Maybe a competitor drops out and I get a slot. You know, there are so many things I can't control that happen. And I think one of the things we need to get honest about is the fact that we can spend our life preparing for something and that in no way guarantees a successful outcome. And by the way, we could reach that outcome and still realize that it doesn't make, me ha- doesn't make us happy, right? There's a, a great story I tell about the tightrope walker in New York. 
Uh, so it was year, like 100 years ago. He wanted to walk between two of the highest buildings in Manhattan. And uh, he just popped, this dream popped into his head and he'd wake up every morning driven by it. And he started, you know, on the ground with a rope and he worked his way up and it took him years and years and years, Brian, of training. Finally, the day arrives. He had told everyone this, the, the cameras are snapping pictures with the, you know, the big glass bulbs that used to flash back in the old days. And he's up on the tightrope walk and all the crowds down watching him. And he takes his first step. And then he takes a second step. And his third step, he finally gets to the middle, looks around, and before he knows it, he reaches the end. And there's there's a, a picture of this guy, and his face is just like lit up. I mean, he did it. He achieved his dream. And the week after, Brian, he fell into a deep, deep depression. Why? Because that goal had been fueling him. You know, so we can <laughs> accomplish things and still re- turn around and realize that, oh, accomplishing this thing wasn't the fulfillment at all. You know, it was the pursuit or it was something else. Unfortunately, and I say this from experience, I don't think that's something we can teach. You know, if you had told 20-something-year-old Peter that, hey, you were going to build a multi-million dollar company and you're going to have offices in different states and US and Canada, and you're still not going to be happy, I would have said, what are you talking about? That's success. That's what it looks like. I would have never believed you, but trust me, I got there and I was like, oh, I don't even like having all these employees. I don't like having all these offices. I don't like managing a ton of people, you know, and that was shocking to me. And I think the sooner and the the faster we get honest with ourselves about these things as we're observing them, you know, as we're seeing them in our life, the faster we can continue to pivot and get into what I call honest alignment, you know, with who you really are and what you really want. And that may not always be apparent right away. Sometimes you have to learn it. Yeah, no doubt. uh, Discovery and as you alluded to, sometimes it's not the destination, it's the journey that, that keeps us going forward and, and always be growing. You know, when, when you walk across two uh, high rises in New York City, gonna, you're going to need a lot to top that adventure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That is so neat. We hope you're enjoying today's podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Build Consulting Services. Are you ready to reduce workplace conflict? reduce employee turnover, and increase your productivity? If you're ready to put Brian to work for your company, give him a call at 863-800-9658 or email him at brianb at buildcs.net. Now, back to today's episode. So you mentioned about brutal honesty and, you know, that's not a license to be malicious, but, but what, what do you mean when you say using brutal honesty? Yeah, that's a great point. And I get this a lot. I was on a radio show this morning and they were like, I mean, you don't just want to tell it like it is and offend people, do you? And I said, no, of course not. You know, in fact, there are lots of situations in which telling the brutal truth is the wrong thing. Uh, and so, you know, this fits into the the layer of honesty. I, I talk about being honest with and about the others around you. Sometimes we do need to be honest with the others around us. We need to say, hey, you know, I got to tell you what's really going on. And I, I trust you with this truth. And I need you to know. Other times, however, we need to be honest about the people around me. What does that mean? Well, it means being honest about how they think, how they feel, what their experiences have been, how different their thought process is from our own. This is where empathy comes into play, right? So this is where we want to ask ourselves, like, what is the best route 
to get this person to do what we need them to do. You know, one of the techniques I talk about in the book is the difference between feedback and feed forward. So, you know, feedback is, hey, you've done something and I want to give you feedback on what you've done. Feed forward is, hey, I noticed you've done something and I wonder if next time, if we did this, this, and this way, what, what would happen, right? Well, no one can get angry about some future that hasn't happened yet. It's just open for discussion, right? So, you know, feed forward is a way for us to couch things in a way that may be more palatable for folks. Now, we can get into a debate about whether that's healthy or not. You know, I would argue that we've, uh, you know, if you think about feedback and why many studies have come out saying, hey, you're, you're better off praising folks than giving them feedback. Well, that's because of our delicate egos. That's because we don't want to be told we're wrong. So one of the questions I have about society, and I have not resolved it yet, is, is it good for us to uh, breed a society full of folks who can't take criticism, who can't take feedback, who are delicate and get their egos hurt easily? Is that better than uh, having folks, you know, than having a conversation around, hey, I'm, I bet it would be easier for you if I put this in a pal palatable way and made you feel good about yourself, but I wonder what we lose by me not being able to be direct with you, right? We do lose something with, with you know, without directness. So that that's an unresolved question I have about uh, society. And I think, you know, I'm 34, right? So I'm smack in the middle of millennials. It's, it's a criticism that's been lobbed at millennials uh, that, you know, we're too sensitive. And I don't think that's off base. Um, and I just wonder going forward in the sensitive society in which we live, where does that go with regards to honesty? I don't have the answer. I'm, I'm very curious to find out. Yeah, I don't think any of us have the answer. However, it is a very true question, something we need to ask ourselves and be honest with ourselves about, right? So that we just got to be careful. I, I, you told that story. It reminded me early in my construction career. One of my first supervisors came to me, put his hand around my shoulder and said, Brian, what if you did it this way? And that was so much more helpful than him coming and saying, this is wrong, right? doing it wrong. This is the right way to do it. It, it gave me the opportunity to to think on my own and come up with a correct way to do it and not be um, criticized and, and, and critically criticized by him. So that one way that you could be honest with people, but help them with that forward thinking. Exactly. That. And that's exactly what I mean by be honest about others. How are they going to react and what can you do, you know, yeah. to help people, uh, you know, get themselves forward without feeling you know, badly about themselves. I'm keeping that feed forward as a nugget from this interview, man. <laughs> That's going to be something I like to use. Yeah. Something else you wrote about here was the root cause analysis of success is honesty. Uh, let's talk about that a moment. Yeah. Well, like we were saying earlier, you know, how can you possibly move forward towards where you want to go if you're not honest with yourself about where you want to go? And what's funny is that, you know, I, I so I coach a lot of entrepreneurs. I run a, a group called Forum, which is all about helping entrepreneurs come together and get brutally honest with themselves about how they need to change. Because guess what? 99% of business problems are personal problems in disguise. And it's amazing how uh, people, leaders, you know, entrepreneurs, they act like bees in a jar. You know, have you ever put bees in a jar and put the cap on, leave them there for an hour and then come back, take the cap off? They don't leave. They don't fly away. Because they think that that cap is still there holding them down, right? So, so often I'll be in like a workshop or a, a keynote 
And I'll say to an entrepreneur, like, hey, what would be, you know, ideal for you, like uh, your work week? Oh, well, Peter, I'd love to work, you know, four or five hours a day. Right now I work eight or 10 hours a day, and I'd love to cut that in half. That would just be awesome. I say, oh, that's a wonderful goal. That's fantastic. Um, Tell me, how come you don't want to work one hour a day or one hour a week? Say, oh, well, Peter, that, that, I mean, of course I'd love to do that, but that's, that's not possible, right? Nobody does that. Oh, really? Is that true? How do you know? Of course, there are entrepreneurs who have set up their businesses to work one hour a week or one hour a day, right? It's a matter of, do you know what's true? You know, do you believe what's true? Um, And if you do, and you get honest about what's even possible, then you can move forward to what you really, really want that you probably have denied yourself with your own self-limiting belief. And I've always been fascinated by this idea, Brian, that folks pretty much get in their own way. You know, there's always someone in our lives who is trying to stop us from achieving success, happiness, fulfillment. There's only one person and it's always ourselves. And we allow it, right? And that just fascinates me because it's all BS. It's all lies, <laughs> just being dishonest. Yeah, and, and throughout our life, we get told no so frequently. Mm. You know, there's all these rules and, and we we set our children up even. We should be saying what they can do and, and, and instructing them with more positive input, more same way that I, I use that example for that leader. We can take teach our children, what if you did it this way instead of don't do that. That's right. And and we can learn to be better parents, better leaders. It, it, this stuff just works for life in general. It works for everything. I, I just did a, you know, I have a little live streaming show called Let's Be Honest with Peter Kozadoy. And uh, one of the first eps- the solo episodes I did was about the education system in America. Uh, because to your point, I mean, I was the kid who always asked the teachers, and they didn't like this, by the way. When are we going to learn how to balance a checkbook? When are we going to learn how to get a mortgage? When are we going to learn how 401ks work? Like all the stuff we actually need to know in life. Where are those lessons? Um, You know, one thing I did in my 20s, I joined the board of uh, Junior Achievement, which goes into schools and helps teach them about entrepreneurship. Because guess what? We have a system that's designed to create sheep, right? To create followers that all move in lockstep and have standardized testing and everything's standard. And you got the same test. Well, then they get out and they're like, okay, well, now if you want a great job, uh, you got to be unique. Be unique. You just took 18 years to tell me how to fit in, right? So we have a lot of problems in you know, the way we train our future generations and something I'm fairly passionate about. I come from sort of a long line of teachers, so I've seen it um, and it's, it's frustrating. And if we just step back and we were honest about, hey, what do we need to do to prepare tomorrow's leaders? What does that look like? And let's start from there and work backwards. I think we'd end up with a very different system. Well, Peter, you're getting me on my soapbox, but I'm going to jump on it while we're right here. <laughs> so teachers, and I learned this getting in the construction industry and then going back into the high school and being a mentor because I realized what I learned in school, I wish I'd have paid more attention to, number one. But also these, these teachers love them. They do a great job. They, they put, pour their hearts into educating young people but they never leave education. They, they start in elementary school, middle school, high school, college, and they come back to teach for the most part. Yeah, that's an and interesting point. We, has, we, we gotta get industry and to partner with these educators so that there's some reality in, as you stated, balancing a checkbook. For me, it was figuring up square footages for floors and for ceilings. Yeah. If, if they would have taught me that's what I was learning math for, then it makes <laughs> yeah. sense. But when, right. they, when, when I asked my pre-algebra teacher, why do I need to know this to buy a loaf of bread and a gallon of milk? She didn't have an answer for me. Mm-hmm. And the response should have been, Brian, are you going to be buying 
bread and milk the rest of your life? Because that that was should have been her answer. Right. And, and so we just need to learn how to apply these things. And our our society has got to get together with this education and work with industry and education in a partnership to where we teach people applied skills. Not everyone's going to go to college. Not everyone needs to go to college. Right. Uh, and some people need to learn some skills that they can use immediately out of high school and go to work. Yeah, I, I agree. Actually, one of the uh, interviewees in the book is Mike Rowe. He was the host of Dirty Jobs. I love Mike Rowe. Yeah, fantastic. So talk about him in chapter five. Uh, and he gave, you know, gave me a great interview. And part of his thing is, you know, we have a deficit of the trades in this country. We don't have enough plumbers, electricians, you know, builders. Uh, and it's because we've, we've put our emphasis on academia recently. And so, you know, this is this is what happens, right? We get shortages in certain areas. Um, it's up to us to be honest about that and, and you know, take steps to fix it. And you know what? I'm, I'm excited to tell the listeners that we are going to have this podcast air on the day that your book releases. So tell our audience about when your book's going to release, how they can get their hands on it, and, and it's going to be available when they hear this episode. You got it. So my yes, my four-year literary labor of love is finally out today, August 11th. Uh, everywhere you can buy books, you know, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever. And um, you know, please get a copy. Please leave an honest review, right? Good or bad. You get to just tell the truth. That's a fantastic thing about a book about honesty. Uh, if you run a business, please head to petercosadoy.com slash bonus, where if you buy several copies, I'm giving away classes I've taught, membership in my forum group. Uh, I'm even giving away a trip for two and a luxury hotel and a steak dinner in Manhattan uh, if you buy enough copies. So lots of fun stuff in there. And also make sure you check out honest2greatness.com or petercosadoy.com to go to the same place where you can take a free 21-question honesty quiz, which will give you your honesty profile and how honest you really are if you're brave enough to admit it. And uh, yeah, you know, come hang out and have an honest conversation anytime. Listeners, I am so excited that I get to be the guy that has Peter Cosadoy on the day he public or, or brings his book to live. And it's great to have him on the podcast day. We will put all of that contact information in the uh, podcast description. So look for that there. And uh, it was great to have Peter today. Thanks. Thanks for being on the podcast, Peter. My pleasure, Brian. Take care. Thanks for being honest. Awesome. Listen, wherever you're listening to this podcast, if you've enjoyed it today, go over and give us a, a rating and a review, honest rating and review, and then uh, share this podcast with others. Tell us how we can do better if, that, if that's what's on your mind. Remember to build yourself and then build others. Thank you. Want to learn how to build yourself and build your team? Visit www.buildcs.net and learn about Brian's programs, special offers, and more. Build yourself and then build others.